Welcome to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast created exclusively for you, sales professionals, to help you leverage your talent, grow your skills, create your own sales success. I'm Bill Kasky. Alongside me is Brian Neal. And we'll be your host for today's episode, not maybe in the future, but today's episode. <laughs> And uh, we're going to be talking today about something called the fulfillment factor. We have no idea what that is, but we love the title, and we'll make it up as we go. F squared. F squared. Not F3. That's taken. F3. That's good. F3. Yep. I had a couple of things that I was going to do last podcast. I totally spaced. I wanted to do a shout out to the guys at the Pacer, Indiana Pacer basketball organization. Uh, I met them a couple weeks ago, and they said they were all podcast listeners down there. Justin and Kyle and uh, Sarah and Courtney. And they listen to the podcast on their way to work every day. I would love to know from them. This is, seems like an obvious answer, but I would love to know the the variance of the difficulty of selling a pro sports team ticket packages relative to their record. So yeah. I, obviously, yeah. it would say, well, it's harder to sell when they're losing. But how much harder? Right. And how much easier is it to sell when oh, they're winning? I, I think it's huge. It's you do be huge because in the the professional basketball world, they have five or six salespeople selling ticket packages. Yeah. In the NFL world, none. Oh, right. At the, at the local uh, NFL right. team, Indianapolis Colts, they don't have sales team. They don't need it because people just call yeah, in and just come make in. demands. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And the other thing that I thought, I don't, do you know a guy named Nathaniel Brandon? I don't. Nathaniel Brandon. Nathaniel Brandon was one of the forerunners of the self-esteem movement back in the early 60s. I didn't know this. Yeah, early to mid-60s. Okay. And uh, he just died about two or three weeks ago. He was 75, 80 years old, lived a great life. And uh, and he's written several books. One of his books was called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. And Huffington Post had an old bit on him. And I was interested. I've read a couple of his books and was surprised to know. I, I actually didn't know he was even still alive. So... Here he was alive, and I didn't know it. But when he died, I looked at his obit, and there was a story in there that I thought epitomizes the guy with high self-esteem. Oh, okay. And the story is that he befriended Ayn Rand. Oh, I know Ayn Rand. Who was a philosopher, author. He would know me, but I would. <laughs> well, she. <laughs> she, 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 she would know you. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so he befriended her as part because she was kind of in the self-image, self-esteem movement. He was too, and they became friends. Yeah. And he went home and told his wife one day that he wanted to have a romantic relationship with Ayn Rand, and she said okay. And Ayn Rand's husband said okay too. Oh, okay. So, well, so I'm thinking what, this guy has to have a you, really good self-esteem. You want to you want to see something blow up in my face? <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, I, that's, that's a great, but it's <laughs> a great story, and it's so '60s, isn't it? Isn't it so '60s? It is. It's and, just the, and as Huffington Post said, as things like that do, they d- it didn't turn out well. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so oh anyway, my gosh! Thought, anyway, uh, shout out to uh, Nathaniel Brandon, who uh, great move, and he does. He has some written some really good books. Yeah, and I am not a voracious reader. You read much more than I do. And I, uh, there was a time two years ago, I wanted the book Atlas when Atlas shrugged. Oh yeah, right. It's supposed to be a really good book for business it's and like, all these things. Yeah. So I bought it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to read when Atlas shrugged, <laughs> not knowing what I was getting into. The book is about a thousand pages oh, yeah. with four point pica font yeah. on it. And I got, um, I think maybe to page eleven, and then I <laughs> almost, fell asleep. My head exploded, <laughs> and I've not touched it since it's in the top of my closet you mentioned pica type what was the other one uh there's a pica and uh um there were three right 
I think there were two. I remember Pika two. and what? Elite. Elite. Yeah. Elite was I a little smaller. A third, I think. Isn't there? That might have been third. Fun. Who's our fact checker? New Jersey guy. Fact <laughs> checker guy. What's his name? <laughs> anyway, where anyway. do we get off there? Okay. So typewriter fulfillment business. factor. Typewriter why business. <laughs> why don't you? Give, yeah, which is huge right now. <laughs> it is. Why don't you uh, give us a little backdrop on this idea of fulfillment factor? Here's the idea, and this came up in two separate ways here in the last three weeks. The first, both with friends slash clients. One, we've had um, a situation where we've had some turnover at a client. And any there's always reason for turnover, and we always tend to intellectualize the reason. Well, they got a better offer. Well, they threw more money at them. And I'm here to tell you, and I think you would agree with this, Bill, that is not the reason people leave. You said a lot in the past. The reason people leave has to do with the way that the space that is created by the management team and the ability for those individuals to get be fulfilled as human beings. If people are fulfilled as human beings, they don't leave. Mm-hmm. They don't stray. They don't leave. That sort of thing. So there, there were, there's some missing buckets being filled. So totally. that's the one side of fulfillment is that we ask the management question. We ask you, the sales manager, what are you doing to create space that allows your salespeople to be fulfilled so they don't leave? Because turnover is really, really expensive and it's hard to replace. Mm-hmm. On the other side, I just had a meeting this morning with someone and she was talking about her sales role and she is in an environment where it's business development, find me the next gig and hand it off. Find the gig and hand it off. Find the customer and hand right. it off. And this individual person is completely unfulfilled by handing things off. It's not just bad. It's the worst thing you could do. She is such a relationship yeah. and serve the client person. I'm telling you, that's not going to work long term. Although she's still there long term, it's just not going to be her deal. Yeah, the very thing that she's good at, she doesn't get a chance Amen. to practice. Exactly. She's good at and she loves it. And she's having to practice the thing that she's pretty good at, but totally doesn't like right. it at all. Right. Yeah. So I thought, okay, interesting thing. This is a problem on both sides. So if you're a salesperson and your new year, it's 2015, and you come off, you got the holiday hangover, and you're like, how do I get motivated to go do this again? What do I do to create my own fulfillment? And if you're a manager, what should you be doing to make sure that the salespeople on your team are as fulfilled as they can possibly be while they're there so they stick around and do good? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's kind of the backdrop. Good topic. Yeah, I see that a lot too, and uh, no reason to belabor it. But it's—I uh, I think we always we always have this idea as sales managers and leaders of what motivates people, mm-hmm. and yet, and yet, when you ask a thousand salespeople, "Are you motivated and inspired to do the best work you can?" I'd say you get half who probably say, "No, I'm really right. not." Right. So we might know how to motivate people, but it's not a practice. I just—I interviewed a guy for a client literally just before I came over here to record. And he's a young guy, he's barely 30, if he's, I don't even think he's 30 yet, but one of the things he said was he said, he said, I have to feel fulfilled, he used these words before we decided to record this, fulfilled and inspired by what I'm doing. Yeah. Fulfilled and inspired by what I'm doing. And he's been with a great company, it's really well respected for seven years, straight out of college, straight through. And he is not feeling, feeling fulfilled mm-hmm. and inspired. And he needs to be, and that's why he's looking for something new to do. I'll tell you, leaders and managers, I would listen closely to Hello. this. Is this on? Is this on? Because uh, this a is tab. a big thing today. It really and, is. And you know, the difference between having a sales force that's unfulfilled and just doing the numbers and doing the minimum behavior and having one that's on fire yep. is not is not a huge thing. No. It's not at all. So what we're going to do today is share with you some ideas on how to do that. But if you think that this is just a passing fad, 
Yeah. It's not. No. It, it we we give maybe a, a lot of lip service to this millennial generation. They are they full it. on uh, in. Absolutely. The millennial group is full on in on this absolutely. deal. They have to be fulfilled. If they're not, they're going to move on to the next thing. I just had a and uh, I think this reaches to the whole fulfillment issue, but I've got a client who is hiring lots of business development people for a very technical, it's a professional services firm. And they also have the advisors who actually do the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you come in and you've got uh, $50 million and the advisors will help you grow that. How did you know? The business development people (laughs) just sell it. Right. And they're struggling. The advisors don't struggle at all selling it. But the business development right. people do because they're not. It's not stitched into their no, gut yet. Exactly. And so we're trying. To, we're going to create some programming that helps them do that. But that's an example of it. Just emanates from your soul that you love what you do. People can figure that out. They can yeah, tell man. that. They can. But can. if you're a hired gun, they can't. So we're going to talk a little bit about that whole idea of fulfillment. Yeah. So do you want to start? I will. And the, and the way we're going to do this, if as you're listening to this, we'll we'll highlight. Bill and I will each highlight if we, this is one for the salespeople or this is one for the sales manager. And if you're listening and you're a salesperson and you hear one for the sales manager, maybe you could just like forward the MP3 <laughs> or forward the link. Say, hey, hey, boss, check check hey, this, this out. Is okay, good, good stuff. Now you're going to make fun of me on my first one. Okay, maybe not. You have something to do with your $50 million in the bank? No, it's just a little bit. It's just kind of buzzy right now. You have to find your why. And I put this is for both. This is for the sales management group listening, and this is also for you salespeople. You have to find your why. Now, why are you going to make fun of me for that, Bill? I don't know, because I had that one of mine. So <laughs> I thought but, it was because we had talked in pre-show prep. But uh, I think I think we have a little bit different of it. So what is it for you? What does that mean? Because yeah, we hear that a lot, and there's a Simon do. Sinek video there on is, TED Talk. Which and, is, that's why I thought you were going to make Because okay. everyone knows. Everyone's heard of Simon Sinek's TED Talk on, on the Golden Circles, and he's written a book now. It's Finding Your Why. And as you said, Bill, in the pre-show preps, like, uh, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, that yeah, was good. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. You didn't do anything with it. You have to do something with this. So this is a coffee shop exercise. So you go, you're a sales manager or you're a salesperson. You go to Starbucks, earbuds in if you need to listen to music, and you either grab Simon Sinek's book and go through the exercises in that book mm-hmm. or just watch that TED Talk. It's 20 minutes long, and you will sit there at that point then and you need to start to write down what your why is you have to write that you have to get clarity around it that's one of the things i wrote down before this i said this is about coming up with 99.99 percent clarity of yeah. what this is yeah. you have to write down your why and know what it is before you can really really tap into it you have to really examine that and that's scary for some people because they think oh i don't know what it is or yeah, yeah my, my why is to get sales yeah that is so uninspiring to people right yeah create space for people to be as good as they can be at whatever they want to be, um, to lift people up, to um, hope that everyone you interact with is a little better off when you leave than they were before you got there. Mm-hmm. That's mine. Mm-hmm. And that just comes out. It just does. And there it is. And you live it. You and live there's it, yeah. no confusion about None. it. Zero. No confusion. None. Yeah. And if it's not happening, or something's wrong. And it's got nothing to do with sales. Nothing to do yeah. at all with yeah. revenue, keeping a client, anything like that. So sales managers, I'm going to give you a tip here because it's, the same, it's on the same issue. And if you have a couple of people who are not performing where you think they could be or should be, then devote some time to helping them through this. So forget about you giving them the book or you telling them to watch the video. Mm. You go watch it Ooh. and you take three or four hours out of your day sometime. Remember, if you've got a $100,000 a year person and they're not making it, it's worth four to six hours of your time over the next couple of weeks to figure out if they're even, they even should be in the business. But you help them. 
So take them out to coffee and lunch. Say, look, we're going to talk a little bit about your why and, and why do you do this work? What is there about this work that's intriguing? What is, is there something I heard, uh, I think Tim Ferriss the other day on a podcast said, what is that thing that's been bugging you from the time you were born mm. that you just have to tell people? You just have to, maybe it's a, um, it, it haunts you. It's something that's really important that you get out and get out into the world. That's good. And some of those things, and I think a sales leader can have that conversation. You're going to ask the question, and like Brian, you just kind of mocked it. People aren't going to have the answer. That's okay. Sit there. Sit there with it. It'll come. It's back there. It will. It's really, really good. Now you got me thinking about that secret that's been bugging me since I was born. Yeah, I think it's that I have ugly feet. That's not a secret, I don't think. I got shoes on. I don't on know now. if I've ever seen your feet. Well, exactly. One time I, I hide them. I hide them because I, I think I've really. But you hide feet. them in really bright shoes. I did, I did really bright <laughs> shoes, but they're closed toed. No peep toe <laughs> shoes for me, girls. All right, here, uh, here's one. This is for the, you know, I think this would apply to both too. I, I was going to say salesperson on this one, but here's the deal. When you're, this, this is for inspiration, to find inspiration, what you're doing to find fulfillment, is you need to look 180 degrees away from where you're looking. Too often when we get stuck in this rut of not, yeah. lack of fulfillment, we still look forward at the same things we've been looking at for the whole time that's caused us to get in a place of non-fulfillment. It's rote, right? So I see I made a thousand calls last year and now it's January right. 19th and I have to and I look ahead and look at all those calls I have to make. Yeah. So this is about this is about refreshing your brain and looking around and thinking, how how there how on earth could I do this totally differently than yeah. what I do? What if I never made a call again? What would yeah. that look like? Yeah. And move 180 degrees away from where you are because it will it will put your brain to a fresh perspective mode. And I think you will begin to find new fulfillment because you will start to gravitate towards the things once you tap in your why yeah. that will align with that. You know, I don't know if it, you and I ever talked about this, but I heard that same, that very exercise, maybe we listened to the same stuff about if you could not make a cold call, if, you, if your business is mm. predicated upon cold calling, yeah. and I came up to you and said, I, you need to double your business next year, and I will not let you get on that phone to make an outbound call. You can answer the phone it's if wonderful. it rings, but that creates a whole different way of looking at the, the sales development issue. Yes. And you know what? There probably is a way to do that. Yes. But if you always default back to where's the phone and where's That's the right. list. It's really good. You, you will be Really, there. really good. Okay, I had a, a one here that was that I think you, you become more fulfilled, and, and this is predicated again upon, I've used that word three times now. Predicated? Uh, predicated. It's a good yeah, word. I have no idea what I it like means. Word. It's like predicated, predicated I think. Um, that you need to have clear goals, but you also need to have a clear path to the goals. Hmm. And it's hard to become fulfilled if I just have this massive, big, audacious goal out there of, of 30% increase from last year, but I have no clear path. Hmm. And, uh, and it's amazing to me and, and leaders, this is, an, again, speaking to you here, this is the time of year when you're reviewing the goals and you're kind of going over them, probably have already done it by now. But if the salesperson or whoever reports to you cannot say, here is a clear path to get me from where I am today to where I am tomorrow, if there's no clear path, there's not going to be much fulfillment or inspiration. so interesting. I can relate to that with my football officiating experience. And I can tell you that People think the fulfillment that you get is either working big bowl games or working playoff games or whatever that is or getting to the National Football League, and those things are great. The true joy for me in football officiating are the experience that I've had along the path. 
and yeah. the friends that yeah. I've made and, and those experiences yeah. and those memories. When we get together with my friends, which we're doing this coming Friday with a bunch of referee friends, we're, we don't talk about the big games that we work and the big call. We talk about when we drove eight hours to make 125 <laughs> right. bucks to Houghton, Michigan. If you yeah. don't know where Houghton, Michigan is. That's way up there. Way, right? It's just south of the North Pole. <laughs> And getting pulled over, getting pulled over in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan by a cop, where they confiscate your license if you don't have seventy five dollars cash, and that would happen. That's a true story. Really? So the point is that the beauty is in the path. Yeah, it's in the things that you do. That's where the destination is. I mean, that's a lot of yep. philosophers have said that before, right? The the, the is destination a, is the path. Is the path? Yep. Is the path right? So if you have some goals for this year and you aren't clear, then it'll be it'll become rather unfulfilling because you'll never quite know if you're on the right track or not. So yes. uh, and at leaders again, ask your salespeople: Do you have a path to get to your goals? And if they if you if they can't clarify them and maybe even document them, then work with them. That's really good. Do I have time for one more? Yeah, let's do one more. This is a sales manager for you, sales managers listening. Here's the deal. Most of you have one-to-ones with your salespeople. Most of those one-to-ones consist of, so let's take a look at your forecast, Bill. How's your forecast? Wait, you get stuck on any deal? Where's the da-da-da? That's what your one-to-one sounds like. I want you to have a one-to-one that's specifically about knowing the buckets that your sales team needs filled as, an, in, as individuals. Okay. And here's a hint. A $25 Applebee's gift certificate is not a bucket. No. Because too often we think, well, yeah, I'm going to do a gift card, $25 gift card for the guy that made the most calls to Applebee's. And that's really nice. <laughs> but really, really understand your people's buckets. Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because my oldest daughter thinks that's where Jan and I go to dinner every night. It's either Chili's or Applebee's. <laughs> She's a foodie, you know. You know, of Kelly. Course. She's a foodie, and so if if you're if you're eating at a chain Listen, restaurant, I'm, you are just you're I'm kind of in jerk. Kelly's camp, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> <We don't. It's laughs> so, but anyway, so Applebee's, Applebee's spoke to me there. Just, they did, they did. So uh, have a one to one. Know what the buckets are filled. It's so interesting. I just talked to a friend of mine who's a high level guy who's maybe looking to make a career move, and I was asking about what he wanted to do. He goes, titles don't matter to me at all. Don't matter what I order. He goes, as long as I've got a better life balance than I've got right now, and I really like what I'm doing, I'm happy. He said that. And he said money is kind of a wash. Have another friend. She's a podcast listener. She'll know. She got her title changed from a VP to a director and went in the bathroom and sobbed like a baby. Nothing else changed in her life. Mm-hmm. Her, the role changed, the people. Money in fact, she got change. more money didn't change mm-hmm. anything, but the title was stripped and you know, th- threw her into a tailspin. Yeah. So if, this, if the manager knows the bucket, you can manage to it. Yeah. You got to know the buckets that you need to fill. Great advice. So All we've right. given a lot of, we've spent a lot of time here on sales leadership and managers, but I think yeah. that's good. And if you, and Brian was uh, sort of kidding, I think, but if you have a leader who is not a podcast listener, this is a great episode because it's going to help you in the long run if there can be some behavioral change at the leadership level. So we will call this a forwardable exercise. It is. Or a yeah. podcast uh, episode. Forwardable episode. And start thinking about your own fulfillment factor. And like Brian said, check check out the why. Check out the TED Talk by Simon Sinek and uh, and also just start working. It's it's not enough just to watch that. You gotta work it. Speaking of fulfillment, it's time to read the outro. <laughs> it's one of my fulfillment fulfilling. things. Yeah. If you're listening, if you can't tell, sometimes I struggle with these outro things. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, that I think it, the <laughs> secret is not to say it's an outro. I think that's probably the Okay, well, pretend I'm not reading this then. So, thanks for hanging out with us. If you want to get your sales game ready, go to advancedsellingpodcast.com. Get a free copy of uh, download the ultimate pregame. Uh, we have gotten just phenomenal feedback on that. We know we've said that a bunch of times. Uh, shameless plug section uh, go and uh, subscribe to the podcast through iTunes give us a little uh, positive what do you call those things reviews juju if you could and uh, if you're not in the LinkedIn group join the LinkedIn group and participate in the LinkedIn group it's uh, advancedsellingpodcast.com slash LinkedIn we will see you next Monday for the latest episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast out bye